This is the Zach Ansbury Show. Welcome. On today's podcast clip, we have the head of marketing of the Collingwood Football Club, Karina Whiteford. Awesome. So you would have had a lot of different stakeholders for that sort of oh, event. Oh, yeah. Though. Oh, yeah. You know, it would have been your sponsors, it would have been all of the teams, it would have been the drivers. Yep. Then you would have had to coordinate with the rest of the industry, like hotels, um, you know, people who mm-hmm. cater, for example, mm. uh, concerts, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. you know, Clips or now Super Looper, yeah. you know, that's part of the big appeal is oh, the yeah. concerts at the end of the night. Uh, seems like a lot. So how did how did you go about coordinating all of this? Well, I think um, I sort of went into the role thinking this is the role that I'm going to get the best networking opportunities from. Okay. So that was a big, uh, like, so the relationship part of my role was personally really important. I really sort of focused on those things and made them a priority. So we had so many stakeholders involved and there was three people in the marketing team. So there was my marketing manager and a marketing assistant and my role essentially was to manage the below the line activity. So there were state, there was multiple different agencies involved, um, like PR, social media, everything. So it was about managing those relationships on behalf of us as well. They were having to execute, um, and then managing, of course, the relationship with supercars, who then had the drivers, and there was just so many different connections going on. Um, it did feel a bit chaotic at times especially in the lead up to the event but um I think I was just patient and I focused on the the person um in terms of building that relationship with those stakeholders to get more information um and just to to build trust in that two-way communication as well yeah Mm. is there any particular people that you or any particular um like event that occurred during that time where you're like, all right, there was a problem here and I managed mm-hmm. to find a solution for it? My favourite one is, and I, I tell this story all the time because it's like I just I love Brian Gleason, who is the um, – he's sort of the brains behind all the operation and he has so much IP and just a fantastic person to work with and learn from. And, of course, the concert series, as you said, is, is one of the, mm. the most um, exciting and impactful part of the event. Um, and of course there comes with that a lot of sensitivities around confidentiality and, and, you know, like, um, you have to be considerate about, you know, what that involves. Um, and I remember one time needing to, um, capture, and obviously there's broadcast rights and things like that as well. Um, and I knew that we wanted to, to content capture, um, part of the concert for the purposes of content banking for the future, like for future years. Um, and there was obviously broadcast and like certain arrangements that we had to be conscientious of. And I just remember it was like the first time I had really lived and breathed the whole bring me solutions, not a problem. And so I remember going to Brian and cause he's such a, um, such a, I don't know, like important and very, um, intelligent man, just feeling so nervous and going, I don't know how I'm going to get this over the line. I know I need to capture this footage. And I know there's so many legal things that he deals with. I don't want to be annoying or I don't want to, you know, just seem come across like I'm not thinking about his considerations. And I remember going to him and saying, Oh, I've got a couple of options about how he might be able to capture this. I've thought about a few of these different things that I'm sure you need to worry about. And he was just like, oh, yeah, okay, no, no worries, do that one. And I remember just walking away and wanting to high-five just about everyone in the whole (laughs) building because I was just thinking, like, 
I don't like it. These things are notoriously hard to work with, especially because you've got artist management, you've got like contracts, you've got everything going on. And I just thought I had scored the biggest win of this <laughs> the whole year in um, getting this solution across the line. Um, and yeah, like he probably wouldn't even remember it because he's just like, I don't, that's not even a thing. But for you, but it's for like me, this. it was like this really big moment of I can, I can sort of work with and negotiate. This is like a really powerful tool yeah. to negotiate with people that have so much going on, busy, you know, like really high level senior leaders. And I can, I can com- converse with them and I can have this relationship with them if I figure out what they need from me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a big one. <laughs> I, I kind of picture you, you know, walking along this slow motion movie it type slow motion. scene <laughs> and you're just like high-fiving everyone down the hall, there's popcorn going everywhere. Oh, it would have been two different looks. I swear if it was a movie, the, the walking towards BG, it would have been like hands are shaking, papers rattling in my hands, a bead of sweat coming down my face and then walking back slow motion skipping and just throwing the papers in the air and going, I've got this. Um, yeah, it was just, I don't know why it feels fundamental, but it just, I think that was just a big win. I was like, oh, great. I can make things work. Yeah. Um, so it changed yeah. your mindset then. Absolutely it did. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I really must credit my time at um, the tourism SATC because I lo- I had a lot of growth in that role and I yeah. think it was it was not necessarily because um, the role was outside of my depth or anything like that but just the I guess the nature of the roles and the people I worked with I really found that I, I just learned so much about myself as a professional as well as a person and I think yeah that moment in time just shifted my mindset to go. I can be the puzzle piece that fits everyone else. Yeah. I've just got to figure out what other people need from me and work myself around that. And again, that's that problem solving thing that keeps coming through. Yeah. It's like the the theme of who I am is that I go, okay, this person's priority is keeping confidential, uh, sorry, contracts confidential, making sure that management's happy, that we're not contravening any broadcast rights or any other agreements. So if I'm considering that on behalf of them, when I factor in my solution, then it's going to be much easier to get the solution approved. Yeah. So, and that's certainly how I operate today is I never, I almost never. And, um, yeah, I'm sure my current boss would, would maybe think of sometimes, um, (laughs) where I just don't, I don't take problems anymore. Like I try to find a solution first, um, just because of that feeling I had. And I keep getting it now, which is nice. Yeah. And I think that's um, actually awesome advice as well. And it's something mm. I picked up uh, during my PhD. So, yeah. And I think a lot of HDR students or higher degree by research students pick this up solely as well. And I mm. try to teach this to my students, which is, you know, if you're having a problem with your research or you're having mm. a problem with understanding it, as mostly it's to do with their research. Yep. Come to me or, or go to one of your other supervisors with two or three different options. Tell them what the problem is Mm -hmm. and show them that you've thought about it all by yourself and Mm. that you're a big boy or a big girl (laughs) and that the solution could be one, two or three. And then also have the balls to say, I think we should go with two Mm -hmm. because this, because of ABC. Because their job, they they haven't thought about your problem. They have their own problem. Exactly right. And And you're taking the thinking out and you're sort of just going, Choose an option. It's like multiple choice. Yes. <laughs> and there's a reason why those sayings are so, um, I guess, 
like so popular and so common is because they're true. And like, it seems so cliche to say, you know, don't bring me a problem, bring me a solution. But genuinely you will get so much further if you do that. And especially if you even think about the, you know, if this one says, if the one you're recommending gets a no, Mm. what's the next workaround? Do you have an alternative to that one that still gets you what you need? but also appeases what the other person is trying to either protect, control, manage, or what their best interest is as well. So I think it works on both fronts. Like I think the yeah. person who goes, you know, said that highlights there's a problem and had thought about the solution, they mm. grow a lot because they've thought about it. Absolutely. And even if their solution is not the right one because they mm. maybe don't have the experience mm-hmm. or the other knowledge that the person they're going to has, mm. at least they've gone through this problem solving in their own head. Absolutely. And then they will learn a lot more from when they're given kind of mm. more of the right answer, I suppose. Yeah. And from the other person, they can actually then quickly, you know, I'm going to spend five, ten minutes with this person. I know what their problem is. Here are the potential solutions. You know, I can see how they got to that one, but mm-hmm. they don't know maybe yeah. this background knowledge. So Absolutely. I'm going to steer them towards option one. Yeah. Um, and I find uh, I got a lot better reception from uh, even now, even because I don't have thesis supervisors, mm-hmm. but you still have supervisors in you know, mm-hmm. your role. If you go to them with just a problem, you're not going to get received mm. very well. Mm-hmm. And you also like, mm. yeah. And it's also a little bit of their their role might not necessarily be to worry about the things that you need to worry about. So exactly. oftentimes their solution might not even be the, the most suitable um, or the best out of all scenarios because their role is actually different from yours and their considerations and the information they have is actually very different from you. And certainly in an organization, you know, just thinking about a commercial team versus a marketing team, your objectives are different. Your KPIs are different. So of course the way that you think and the things that you consider are going to be different. So that, that preemptive solution based process I think is, is so valuable. Oh, hundred percent agree. Hey guys, it's Zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.